Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Sean Wells, biochemist, dietitian, and formulator. Sean and I had a great conversation diving into everything supplement related. It's so hard to know what's good, what's bad, what I even need to be taking. And Sean does a great job of breaking all of that down for you in one simple conversation. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Sean, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am great. I'm excited to be on with you and talk supplements. I am as well. We've attempted to do this several times and it has not worked out for either of our schedules. So we finally get to do this, which I'm excited about. Um, you are kind of the know-all be-all for everything supplements with what you've done throughout your um, professional and personal life. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation, but just for the people who don't know you, for um, just introduce yourself and who are you? Yeah, um, I am a biochemist, a registered dietitian, certified sports nutritionist. I'm a fellow in the International Society of Sports Nutrition, uh, authored a bunch of studies. Uh, I have a best-selling book out called The Energy Formula that's a biohacking book that goes into all these supplements we'll talk about. Uh, I have formulated about 500 supplements in the industry, patented 15 ingredients, including tea cream and dynamine that are in 700 products that are energy ingredients that are super popular. So I am kind of the ingredient supplement guy, I would say. <laughs> that you are. And I'm, I'm excited to dive into the conversation today because I feel like so many people are like, I want to feel better, perform better. And I don't know what to take or the other side of it too, is like, I know what to take, but there's just so many options out there when I go online or to the store. So, um, I think let's dive in first and looking at like quality of ingredients, how can we start knowing like what's a good supplement? What's a bad supplement? Um, whether it's by company or by label or whatever. Yeah, and, and this is tough without having the actual quality control results, which, by the way, you can ask for. You can call customer service and say, I'd like to see the, the results, the lot testing on this product that I have purchased. And they should be able to give that to you. If they say, we don't have that kind of data, that's a really bad sign. Or they say, we don't give that data out, that's not a great sign either. So, I mean, anything that, that's released as a lot to be sold should clear all the quality control testing standards. So they should be more than happy to release that data. Um, beyond that, I would look at, uh, to your, your point that you were mentioning before, is, is the, the labels and the brands. Um, you know, there's there's brands out there that just have sterling reputations, uh, brands like Thorne and Now and Jero and Doctors Best and Nordic Naturals. Like they've been around 20 plus years. They've worked with clinicians uh, whenever um, LabDoor or Consumer Reports or whatever has tested them out. These third parties have tested them out. They've tested out. 
They have very established quality control programs. And there's a lot of new companies coming out every day, things you see on Amazon, some that are bestsellers, you know, the, the cheapest price. Uh, I would say watch out with those. They, they may test out, they may be solid, people may get good results with them, maybe. But I definitely trust a trusted name that I know not only is the active in there, but all the stuff I don't want to be in there is not in there. Heavy metals, uh, banned substances, um, you know, adulterated ingredients. So, you know, those are things that are important. And I would say at the very least, like try the, the gold standard first and then maybe try this, you know, other one on Amazon. And then, you know, to the point of Amazon, if that's where you buy your, your stuff is, I would make sure it's not a third party seller. There's been a lot of uh, things coming out that, that there's these knockoffs on Amazon for the really established brands for companies like a Thorn, a Now, a Jero, a, you know, whatever that are like, uh, you know, really well known, good sellers. There's knockoff companies that are, you know, copying the labels, the bottles and putting pills in there and they're not the real product. So I would make sure that, you know, if it's a thorn supplement, that it's thorn that's selling it on Amazon or, or something like that, a, a trusted seller. Uh, also, I would look at reviews. I mean, the reviews certainly can be biased to some degree. You can pay for reviews, uh, things like that. But that's why I kind of dive into the negative reviews sometimes and see like what's going on there. You know, there's a lot that's telling there, you know, a lot of good reviews is, is a good sign too, especially if there's just a ton of them. But I like looking at the negative reviews and seeing what's going on. If there's any watch outs next up, I would say skip proprietary blends period. The end prop blends usually means fairy dusting. And that's a term that, that is given in the industry for, let's say if there's like a, a 700 milligram proprietary blend and there's 12 ingredients in it, that first ingredient could be 699 milligrams of that blend because it's put in order of descending mass. The next 11 ingredients could be one milligram. And so you, you see all these, these names of ingredients that you think are good, that you want, um, but those are expensive ingredients and they're literally fairy dusted into the product in completely inconsequential, non-efficacious amounts. So you're not getting any of the benefit of it. And it's just a shady practice and I do not wanna support it. I hope that all of your listeners do not support it now that you know, only get supplements that have full disclosure, full transparency, it lists each ingredient separately with their plant part, like it'll say stem, leaf, uh, flower, whatever. It will say uh, the percentage active, like standardized for 5% ginsenicides. It'll say the genus and species of the plant. And then it will list the milligrams. And all of that should be there for each ingredient. And typically I don't wanna see more than let's say five ingredients, unless it's a multi, like there's just a point where like, just put in the best ingredient, not a bunch of ingredients, whatever one is the best at that mechanism of action, 
do that. And if there's a couple ingredients, they should be in there because they have complementary mechanisms of action, that they're working on several pathways that when put together, there's synergy, that they have more benefit, that the sum is, is greater than the parts. But to just have a blood sugar product that has 12 blood sugar ingredients, that doesn't make sense. That's like, like what is the point of that? Like, there's, there's no logic to that to me. So those are some things that I would look out for. Cool. You mentioned looking at, um, when you're looking at individual ingredients, um, looking at that actually has a plant part. Um, I know there's a lot of different ones we could dive into, but what are like the kind of the top ones that like we need, say the root versus this other part, like, are there like some really big pointers to, to talk about there? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, for example, like with, um, ashwagandha, rhodiola, uh, maca, ginseng, like a lot of those are root-based uh, adaptogens. Um, the root is the, the powerful part and not, that's not true across the board. Like it just, it just so happens with these adaptogens, that's, that's the case. And so a smart way around this for people that are just trying to make a profit is to have, they'll say whole plant, They'll say, you know, flower, leaf, stem, whatever. And they won't include the root because the root is where the efficacy is, where the, where the effectiveness is. And so that's what's expensive. And people are essentially throwing away the rest of the plant. Well, meanwhile, they can list ginseng and say whole plants and it have basically no positive impact but it's ginseng. So people think, oh, I wanna take ginseng, but they're not seeing that it's not the root, that it's not standardized for an active like ginsenicides or something. So that's what you wanna look for. You wanna look for where they're being forthright with genus and species, plant part, uh, standardization and dose. You want all of that there. And a company like Thorn, super straightforward. And that's the reason like Thorn is twice as much. I mean, quality control is expensive. When you have a department of like 20 people doing testing and testing is expensive to send out for and the equipment to test for and lots will get turned down and sent back. All of this is super expensive. Um, so that costs money to make sure that the active is there, that it works um, and that you don't have the, the things that you don't want in it. Like I said, that, you know, if you're an athlete, you could test positive for if it has some you know, banned substances, or if there's heavy metals in there that could like harm you over time, or, you know, cross-contamination or adulterated substances. It's very common um, to do something like with, uh, let's say, cinnamon, they might test out for polyphenols. Well, like another thing that can happen is like companies will sell uh, cinnamon that's tainted with green tea that's super cheap, but tests high in polyphenols. So essentially they're spiking the cinnamon so it can test out. Uh, and if you're not doing like um, species or identity or DNA testing, you don't know that. And so you really need like robust testing programs um, because there's just a lot of shady practices in supplements. So when people say supplements don't work or I didn't get anything from the supplements, 
I'm like, well, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Like, you know, the, the supplements work. It's like, what supplements are you taking? Let's talk about that. Are there any out there that are, I mean, I know like turmeric, you can cook with it. You can get the root and actually like boil it. Um, you can like get the pill form and you, you know, there's a lot of different ones that are like that. Are there any that are better in food form versus more of a pill supplement form? It's a really good question. And it's a, it's a complicated, it's a complicated answer in that um, I think, for example, like with green tea, um, you have caffeine that's present. You have polyphenols in there, like EGCG. Um, you have uh, theanine, an amino acid that's calming. So what's really cool is like if you're taking whole plant green tea, you're getting this combination of like this antioxidant that increases blood flow uh, in EGCG and you're getting theanine, which has like a calming effect and you're getting the caffeine, which, you know, enhances uh, the CNS and, and focus and, and energy. And, but the, the combination together is like a calm centered energy. And while on one hand that that's super cool like that nature has its own formulations in some ways that when you're standardizing when you're extracting you're kind of missing out on um but at the same time like in the pharmaceutical style thinking we like a standardization of like a key active that's been studied in a study for it to have consistent results that happens with these supplements with standardizations. Like, so it depends, like if, if you're using them in a therapeutic way, I would say that the standardization matters, that you want consistent results, that you want a key active that's been studied to be there. But there's certainly power in plants in nature's formulations too. So it's, um, I don't know, a give and take just depends on, on what you're looking for. Okay. That makes sense. When talking about just overall health and wellness, um, obviously there's hundreds, if not thousands of different supplements out there. Um, and I know you dive into it in the book. Um, what are some of the just like top supplements that if we're just talking like, we just want to be like healthier, maybe add like quote unquote, add years to our life. Um, what are some key ones that we can start look, um, taking? Okay, so there's a lot of stuff. I know it's here. a tough question. <laughs> yeah, I was mentioning polyphenols. Um, if you're to look at the blue zones and kind of like these miraculous um, foods that they're that they're consuming, like you know, in the Mediterranean, we hear a lot about olive oil. We hear about red wine. Olive oil is loaded with polyphenols. Red wine has resveratrol, a key polyphenol. Um, you know, green tea in Asia uh, has EGCG, terostyl beans and blueberries, uh, quercetin is in uh, onions and apples, um, you know, chlorogenic acid is in coffee, uh, catechins that are present in cacao, chocolate. So there's like these really amazing compounds and polyphenols 
are coming out ahead of antioxidants, like antioxidants really haven't come through on the promise of anti-aging. I think because of the uh, oxidation reduction uh, pathways that are just supposed to happen in the body, it's, it's honestly kind of interfering with a natural process in the body. Not all antioxidants are certainly bad. There's a certain amount that's healthy in, in, um, in our fruits and vegetables, et cetera. But we see that like when we get these mega doses of antioxidants in general, maybe barring vitamin C, uh, we don't see a whole lot of benefit. And sometimes we actually see negative outcomes. And that's been shown in a number of studies where they've actually stopped the study because they started having negative outcomes, like where it actually protected the cancer cells or you know something like that. Uh, with polyphenols, we see uh, really powerful anti-aging effects. So those foods that I mentioned and beverages, but now even the supplements, I would recommend like an optimized uh, bioavailability enhanced quercetin. And one thing that's cool too is they're showing with some of these um, polyphenols is that they protect NAD levels. And NAD is associated with mitochondrial cellular energy. And it's associated with DNA uh, repair. And, um, and it's, it's one of the most powerful things we've seen intravenously to help with autoimmunity, with cellular energy, with anti-aging. So there's a lot of research going into NAD right now and these polyphenols protect NAD levels. They actually inhibit something called CD38, an enzyme that breaks it down. Uh, and some of them promote uh, NAD creation. So like it's a double whammy um, with these polyphenols. And I really feel like it's a reason why even these, you know, these blue zone communities across the world where people are super centenarians living past hundred um, why we're seeing that and they're not necessarily supplement users or biohackers or doing cold plunges and, you know, IVs and enemas and all this crazy stuff. They're just, you know, living in their purpose, you know, uh, have a great network, eating well, you know, slow down, all those things that we've seen that they have in common. But I feel like polyphenols is actually a big reason for a lot of that and we are seeing that higher doses do have better effects as opposed to most antioxidants. Let's take a quick break to talk about True Nutrition. True Nutrition is a supplement company. And yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. 
And you can also check out all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now back to our conversation. A really, really big one. This is my number one supplement to take. It's called dihydroberberine. I have talked a lot about berberine throughout my career. Um, and I ended up patenting a version of berberine that is the next metabolite down. So berberine is a glucose disposal agent that actually outperforms the most famous drug of all time in that area called metformin. Um, berberine has its issues. It's uh, low bioavailability, some GI distress. You got to take higher doses, about 1500 milligrams a day. Um, you know, it doesn't last that long in plasma, but with dihydroberberine, it has about five times the bioavailability, uh, doesn't have the GI distress, lasts twice as long in the plasma, so you have to take it much less frequently. The dose is only 100 to 150 milligrams twice a day versus 1500. And it doesn't seem to have the bio-individuality issues that, that berberine has. Like some people, berberine works great. Some people, it doesn't. This one seems to work well across the board. Uh, why it's important to take metformin, berberine, dihydroberberine is because of glycation. So blood sugar damage. We've seen elevated blood sugar, elevated insulin levels related to, correlated to all aging, nearly all disease that's not genetic, which is about 99% of disease is metabolic related. And this leads to mitochondrial dysfunction, telomere shortening, DNA methylation errors, uh, inflammation, oxidation, everything we know about aging is related to, correlated to um, elevated insulin and blood sugar levels. And with how sedentary we are, ultra processed food, high glycemic foods, the stress that we're having, the, the lack of sleep that we're getting, EMFs and you know, on and on and on, uh, we're seeing really high uh, blood sugar levels and really high insulin levels. But what's most interesting is I would say, even with people that have normal blood sugar levels are very healthy, these are people that have been on metformin for like the last 20 years in these longevity circles, and they're still seeing CRP, which is a measure of inflammation. They're still seeing like all their markers for anti-aging improve. So even for people that aren't diabetic, borderline diabetic, metabolic syndrome, et cetera, they're still seeing benefit. So it's literally my number one recommendation. There's actually a study going on right now with metformin with over 10,000 people for anti-aging, a massive study funded by the government. So, I mean, this is literally the number one anti-aging drug we know of. Berberine outperforms it and dihydroberberine outperforms that. So that would be my blanket recommendation that everyone should be taking dihydroberberine um, because it's just a powerful anti-aging compound. Very cool. Very cool. Um, going the performance direction, since most of my listeners are athletes of some sort, anything, well, you shouldn't even say that because there's tons of different things for, for sports performance, but um, talking about legal stuff, obviously, <laughs> what are some like 
really good ingredients or supplements for, um, like pre-workout energy, post-workout. Um, yeah, we'll start there. We'll get into the protein stuff later. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two ingredients that are patented, uh, T-creen and dynamine, uh, which is theocrine and methylibrine. Um, those ingredients have been shown, they have very different half-lives. Uh, T-creen is, is much longer. Uh, dynamine is more like caffeine, more shorter acting. Um, so, you know, T-creen is, is a little bit better for like that all day fat burner kind of thing. And, and if you're kind of like a late night, you know, someone that works out, then maybe uh, the dynamine might be better, but those ingredients don't have the habituation that caffeine has, meaning like you feel like physiologically dependent to it. They don't have the adaptation effect that caffeine has where you have to keep taking more and more and more to get the same effect. Uh, they don't have the genetic issues that caffeine has. So caffeine metabolizers, um, fast, low, and in between, probably about a third of the population is a fast metabolizer where they say, I can take caffeine and go right to bed. About a third of the population, caffeine, they get a good effect, they get limited side effects. And then the other third is slow metabolizers where they get very little positive effect, but they get all the side effects, the brain fog, the fatigue, um, you know, the, the energy uh, is not there. Uh, they get irritability, they get a sleep impairment. And so we're not seeing any of that with T-Cream and Dynamine. So those would be really good ingredients to look at as far as pre-workout. Uh, I certainly like some nootropics like alpha GPC, that's a, a form of choline that uh, passes the blood brain barrier and is kind of a foundation to any nootropic stack. Um, you know, I like some ingredients like acetyl L-carnitine. Um, so those are some like, you know, nootropics that I would use in tandem um, with T-Cream and Dynamine. And then, you know, I really like the, uh, the ketones, like playing with these exogenous ketones, especially the RBHB, the active isomer, sometimes it's called DBHB. Um, that's the best form of these ketones. And, and um, there's a lot of interesting data coming out there on ketones and performance. Um, diving into that a little bit, um, I don't want to dive into necessarily the um, keto lifestyle just because that's a whole other bomb <laughs> debate of discussion there. But just diving into the ketones, like what do ketones do for our body, our brain? Like how do those help enhance performance or? Yeah. Um, number one, it's a preferred fuel source by the brain. Uh, it is not glucose that is the preferred fuel source. So, um, the brain, uh, loves ketones and that's why like your, your brain will, um, thrive on it. And, and that's why you feel like the level of alertness that you can feel like on fasting, especially like when you kind of have that breakthrough period where you switch over and become fat adapted, like maybe 30, 36 hours into a fast, like people have this mental clarity. Uh, we also see that BHB heals traumatic brain injury and insults to the brain. Um, one of the reasons is that uh, concussions, you'll see that uh, they become um, insulin resistant in that area of the concussion of the insult um, to where ketones 
uh, are definitely the only fuel source that it really can use. And if only given glucose, um, that area, the brain basically shuts down uh, because it's insulin resistant. And we also see the same thing happen with Alzheimer's, which is called type three diabetes, like where that, that area of the brain uh, is insulin resistant. And so here again, that's why uh, ketones can be so helpful um, for Alzheimer's. But essentially like when you get uh, concussions or traumatic brain injury, that's you're essentially getting like a localized form of Alzheimer's. So ketones can be very helpful there. And then also it's just an alternate fuel source. Um, and if you're an athlete, it's ideal to be dual fuel, um, to have like these multiple fuel sources. I mean, I would also look at using uh, lactates. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of um, research that'll be coming out on, on lactates as a fuel as well. But I mean, as, as many fuel sources as you can provide, uh, your body can you know, use those for energy. So um, there's a number of reasons to, to use ketones, especially if you're, you're someone that's, that's borderline insulin resistant, or if you're highly fat adapted, um, you know, or if you're doing kind of endurance um, exercise, then, I mean, you're seeing like the, um, you know, ultra marathoners, like break all kinds of records that are ketogenic, that are fat adapted. You may not see like the same level of benefit for like a power lifter or something like that. Um, just depends on the type of exercise you're doing, but um, you know, it's something to certainly explore to be fat adapted Ironman stuff too. Like, you know, the, these longer, you know, exercises and they're not having to deal with um, this getting into endogenous ketones versus exogenous ketones, but they're not having to deal with the GI distress associated with carbs and trying to fuel up while they're exercising during these super long bouts, which can be advantageous too, like that you don't have GI distress, diarrhea, gas, you know, all that kind of stuff that sometimes these athletes deal with that are, that are uh, endurance athletes. It's really fascinating about the concussions, especially with all the concussion awareness out there now um, that the ketones can help with that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very interesting area and you're seeing uh, the UFC look into it. I've, uh, boxing has funded research into it. Uh, the military, almost every branch I've seen looking into it. Uh, uh, there's a lot going on right now where, yeah, certainly people can have these uh, traumatic brain injury situations and we can rehab them faster. That's awesome. When talking protein supplementation, um, without going into the plant-based versus whatever um, debate, is there a certain type of protein that the body just does better with in general, or is it just very person like they all kind of work the same? I wouldn't say they all work the same. Um... Essential amino acids matters. Um, there's nine essential amino acids that are, that are just more critical. Um, you know, a complete protein is 20 amino acids, but most of those amino acids are non-essential or conditional uh, amino acids that your body can make. The essential amino acids your body cannot make. So being higher is, is more important. 
um, you do see that whey and some of these kind of gold standard proteins are just higher in EAAs, higher than the plant ones. Even more, the most important amino acid that is an EAA, that is a BCAA, is leucine. Leucine is the trigger for muscle protein synthesis. And what we've seen is um, there's a study that looks at whey protein versus a wheat protein. And they saw that you either needed to take twice as much of the vegan protein, or you needed to add leucine to it so that it would work essentially the same as the whey protein. And that really just showed there that, that leucine is, is the key factor in all of this. Leucine drives muscle protein synthesis and plant proteins tend to be much lower in leucine. So my rule of thumb there is you either take twice as much of the vegan protein, like 50 grams, um, which can mean a lot more calories, especially if it's not concentrated and you could get gassiness if it's not concentrated and, you know, you, and doesn't have enzymes in there to break down, um, you know, some of these plant fibers and things like that. Um, so that's something to be aware of that you'll need to take potentially twice as much, or like I said, a, a solution could be to buy some leucine and, and spike your plant proteins if you're vegan. Awesome. Good. Great information with that. Um, let's see. Last thing I really wanted to dive into something I learned from, I think listening to a podcast you were on and reading the book is the difference on MCT oils between C8 and C10. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize there was like the two different ones. So I would love for you to kind of dive into that because I know a lot of people use MCT and might not realize that either. Yeah. Uh, MCTs are medium chain triglycerides. They're it, it's uh, the, the chain length is related to the number of carbons. If anyone's taken organic chemistry, there's short chain, medium chain, and long chain. And so the medium chain ones are um, six carbons to, to 10 to 12 carbons long. It just depends on someone's definition, but it's in that area. And uh, coconut oil, as well as palm oil, is high in MCTs. MCTs have been found to uh, promote ketones in the body. These fatty acids break down into uh, ketones very quickly in the body. So um, it's a way of boosting ketone levels without necessarily being in ketosis. It could also have synergy if you already are in ketosis. But this is why we have seen like with Alzheimer's, with cancer, with all these uh, metabolic diseases that we're seeing better outcomes when coconut oil is used, when MCTs are used, et cetera, uh, because they're pro-ketogenic and they help with these metabolic diseases, um, raising ketones, lowering blood sugar levels, giving an energy source to the brain, et cetera, like we, we talked about before. What's interesting is uh, MCTs are a blend of essentially, there's a little bit of C6, mostly uh, about 50-50, like C8 and C10. So there's really two medium chain fatty acids in there. But what we're finding is that C8, which is also called caprylic acid, uh, that C8 is highest um, in creating ketones, meaning it's most pro-ketogenic. 
much more so than the C10. So standard MCTs are great. They're much better than coconut oil. And E8 is better than standard MCTs. So that's the way I would look at it is that C8 is kind of like the most bang for your buck where you're gonna get the most brain energy, the most clarity, um, you're going to get the most pro-ketogenic effect uh, from an MCT if you get C8 MCTs. Like Brain Octane by Bulletproof is C8, but you can just look up C8 MCTs on Amazon. You'll, you'll find some. Awesome. Thank you for that clarification there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want you to talk about your book a little bit. Um, I found it really interesting. Um, just because of my background, some of the stuff is stuff I knew, but definitely picked up some pointers from it. But I would love for you to just kind of talk about your book a little bit. Um, and yeah, whatever you want to say about that. Yeah, so uh, it's a best-selling book. Came out in April. Uh, the Energy Formula. Um, it's available on Kindle, hardcover, full color, front to back. Uh, so it's not cheap, but like I literally like got the best quality. <laughs> literally every page is in color. It's really badass. There's like 60 like full color diagrams. I have these quizzes and surveys in there. I have um formulators corners that go through all the supplements and doses and forms uh these resource hacks that go through the apps and devices and techniques um it's just loaded up there's chapter summaries like if you're not a big reader and you just want to look at the summaries and the pictures like it's it's really it's more like a, a handbook or a textbook like that that's super educational you can just pick up for two minutes and and like learn something So, and then lastly, I have the audible that is my voice um, that is not easy to do, uh, but, but I really enjoyed that process. Um, So you can listen to that as well. Uh, The energy formula is an acronym, the word energy for experiment, nutrition, exercise, routines, growth, and your tribe. And it goes into these six pillars of what I think longevity and having more energy in your life revolves around. And uh, so it's broken down in a, in a really easy way, uh, is listed on um, Amazon bestseller, listed on Forbes top 21 list, on USA Today top 20 list. Um, so it's done really well. A lot of people are enjoying it. Um, I would definitely encourage anyone who's into supplements, biohacking, curious about keto, vegan, paleo, Mediterranean, uh, carnivore. I cover that, like, you know, cutting edge exercise techniques, like brain boosting and nootropics, uh, stoicism and growth mindset, all that stuff is covered in there. Yes. Pretty I don't even know the word thorough. <laughs> That's not as good as what I want, but yeah, it's a very packed full of good knowledge for sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So if anyone has any questions for you, wants to follow you, um, you already mentioned your books on Amazon, um, but as far as if they want to follow you or ask you questions, where can they find you? Yes, uh, seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N. I have a really great newsletter there with just tons of information every week that's free. There's no nothing being sold and there's no affiliate codes, anything. Um, just tons of awesome information. You can go to at Sean Wells on Instagram. I have um, a lot of cool infographics and, and 
you know, break down studies and data there. And then um, also, yeah, the energyformula.com has more on my book. You can listen to the first two chapters or read the first two chapters free. There's tons of free downloads that come with the book, like uh, fasting for energy guide um, and uh, a hidden chapter on natural movements. So all of that's free. Um, and yeah, just, I love the support so I can continue to support you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And before I close out today, I want to take a moment to talk to you about the foot and ankle fix for runners. Foot and ankle pain is such a common injury with runners. And yet it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be bothering you constantly. It doesn't have to be shutting you down from being able to run. But many times it does because we don't do the right things for it. That is why I created the Foot and Ankle Fix for Runners. It's an online program that will give you the right things to do in order to resolve your foot and ankle issues once and for all and let you really get back to training like you want to. So if you're interested in checking out the Foot and Ankle Fix for Runners, head over to getyourfixpt.com slash courses and you can see a link for the Foot and Ankle Fix for Runners as well as all of my other online programs. Thank you again so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.